Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week of the illustrious Amiibros podcast. I am your host, one third of the Amiibros, uh, D-Mart here. Fellas, how we feeling? Listeners, how we feeling out there? We're back another week. I'm feeling good. You know, it's the Me Bros crew. They loving the crew. They loving the crew. Um, listen, it's another week. You gonna hit him with the vocals a little bit? Hey, just a smidge, just a smidge. Okay. Um, like right, Batman from Immature. Um, anyway, Batman uh, from Immature. It's old school. It's '94. Whatever. Y'all get it. Um, okay. we're back. My teams are yeah. back. My we picks are. are right. I mean, not as right as Jeremy's were this week, but hey, look, you know, <laughs> it's it's it's. it's you know, my boy Danny Dimes out there throwing dimes. My boy Baker Mayfield making bad plays. So look, man, it's, it's we're, I'm live. I'm feeling good. What about you, JD? So 85 feeling hey. good. Jeremy had a great week. Hey, man, feeling, man? if good? y'all can see my mood right now, I'm a Mary J. Blige two-step right now. That is how I'm feeling. Picks right on the money. Boy, ready to get this uh, get this this week's picks going. So let's go, man. Let's do it, man. We got a lot to talk about. I want to shout out all the listeners that's tuning in to us on whatever platform you're on. Uh, just so you guys know, you share us, like us with your friends, family, all that good stuff. We are on uh, all your major uh, podcast streaming services. So make sure you share us, check us out. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, obviously, it was a very, very interesting week in the NFL. Uh, let's start with those uh, those those America's team Cowboys. You're 3-0. and uh, Dak Prescott's having a great season so far, at least the NFL and QBR. Uh, let's start with this question, man. Let's start with Jared. Are the are the, are the Cowboys for real this season? So there's two sides to this question, right? For real, by for real, I'm going to define what I believe. For real, for real meaning Super Bowl contenders um, is going to be my definition of for real. And I don't think they are. Look, Cowboys are super talented. But one of the things that we have to look at is there's a lot of teams that are still undefeated, and most of them have played nobodies. In perspective, most of them have played the same schedule. Cowboys played the Redskins, who are 0-3. They played the Dolphins, who are historically bad in 0-3. They played the Giants, who are 1-2, when they had Eli Manning. And when Eli Manning started, they were 0-2. So the starting quarterbacks and those teams they played are 0-8 versus, uh, versus everybody else the Cowboys played. Same thing with the Patriots. Patriots have played three teams that are 0-9. Uh, there's a lot of these these. I, I say inflated schedules and inflated records. Dak Prescott looks good. Not taking anything away from the improvement that I've seen, but I need to see it when there's actually pressure on you, when there's actually another team scoring points, and that forces you to be able to have to bring your A game to score. And QBR, a lot of people, they, they tell me these stats on QBR, but last year Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky was fourth in the NFL in QBR for the season. And I think anybody that watches miss him Trubisky knows he was never the fourth best quarterback in the league or the 14th or the 24th. Uh, we can we can go on. So, look, I think Dak Prescott has improved. I think they are a team that can win a round in the playoffs. But the NFC is so deep. I mean, the Packers are – I think the Packers are a better team because even though statistically their offense looks not great right now, they have played the Bears, the Vikings, 
and the Broncos, three defenses that may end up at the end of the season as top five to ten defenses in the league. And their defense is for real, and they're 3-0. The Saints, I mean, that was an impressive performance they put, put forth versus the Seahawks. So I think the Cowboys are a better team than them without Drew Brees. But with Drew Brees, I don't think they're better than the Saints. The Rams have given the, the Cowboys problems consistently, even though Jared Goff has been what I've called Jared Goffle. Um, he, he's reversed to that for the last four games because all three games this season and the Super Bowl. Um, so there's there's a lot of teams, though, in the NFC. Eagles, I think, will pick it back up. Bears defense is, I mean, nasty. So at the end of the day, do I think they're Super Bowl contenders? No. Uh, I think they're, they're somewhat of a facade, a little mirage. Um, you know, you go to David Copperfield's show and they're like, hey, look over here, look over here. And on the backside, there's, you know, that's when they move the car out of the way and it disappears. It's something like that where it's like, oh, man, look, they're 3-0 and and Dak Prescott's one number one in QBR. But they played on the power rankings, the number 32, 31, and 30 teams ranked in the power rankings. And there's only 32 teams. So you played the three worst teams in the league, according to the NFL.com power rankings. I think that's basically what it is. Jared, I have to agree with you. And uh, shout out to uh, Dre um one of my boys down here in atlanta um he's a huge cowboys fan and uh we put a friendly wager for slim and huskies which is a new uh new pizza spot here black owned uh make sure if you're in atlanta area go check them out great pizza but anyway we put a, a pizza on this uh cowboys and saints game and uh i think i have to agree with you i think the cowboys are smoking mirrors um and i'm not i'm not huge on on the saints but i don't see the cowboys going into new orleans and uh and beating Saints with even with Teddy Bridgewater, but that's that's my take. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about this Dak Prescott Cowboys uh, team this year? You know what? I have uh, a lot of thoughts about the Cowboys. <sighs> are they for real? They are for really fraudulent. I think the Cowboys, not the Cowboys. I think Dak Prescott in particular needs to go to Jerry Jones really and make sure he gets his money today. Like, get your money before this game because I think Dak Prescott is about to get exposed. First off, uh, he's got a tight end in Jason Witten who uh, probably could not get more than 40 yards receiving if I guarded him for the entire game with no safety help. Uh, you've got Mark Cooper, who's a great receiver. Uh, Randall Cobb is good in the slot. Michael Gallup is likely going to be out. Um, so you're going to play for the first time against a team with a great front. I mean, if you look at the teams they play, the Dolphins have no pass rushers whatsoever. The Giants have no pass rushers whatsoever. The Redskins have no pass rushers whatsoever. And none of those teams can stop the run without putting eight people in the box. The Saints have proven time and time again that they can pretty much stop the run and get after the quarterback with the front four. Uh, therefore, they're going to be able to put more people in coverage. I don't think we're going to play very much man defense. Unfortunately, I don't think we've been that great in man defense this year. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore has been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Um, he's had some tough assignments, but uh, overall, I, I thought he'd be a little bit better this year. But overall, overall what we've been doing is, is protecting the back end, playing a lot of coverage, uh, keeping everything in front of us, and making sure that nobody's getting too many big plays off. Uh, if you look at what we were able to do with uh, with, with the Seattle game, uh, we were really good on special teams with the with the punt return for a touchdown, even though we fumbled a punt return later in the game. Uh, defensive, we've been, uh, you know, very opportunistic, creating fumbles. This time they didn't blow the whistle before we ran it back for a touchdown. Good job, officials. Congratulations on one game out of four without getting us uh, with, a, with a terrible call. So, you know what? See what happens when you don't do that? We win games. 
Uh, overall, I think they're going to lose this game, and I think they're going to be exposed. Do I think they are legitimate as a Super Bowl contender? I mean, as legitimate as the Rams or – I mean, everybody talks about how, how stacked the, the NFC is. NFC North has a lot of undefeated teams. The Packers, who beat the Broncos, they beat the Bears, and they beat – who was the other team they beat? Oh, the Vikings, so they beat each other. Um, the Vikings – Beat the Falcons, who are one and two. Uh, they beat the Raiders, who are one and two. And they beat who else did the Vikings beat? Oh no, they lost to the Packers. The Bears beat uh, the Redskins. They beat the Broncos, and they lost to the Packers. So overall, like you look at teams with a great record, there's a common theme uh, to most of those teams. They played an easy schedule. So I don't think the NFC is really that stacked. I don't think the Packers' offense is as good as I thought it would be. Their defense has been better than. Uh, than you may have anticipated, but they haven't played a good offense. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be Kirk Cousins. Trubisky is going to be Trubisky. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not back to Aaron Rodgers, so I don't think anybody in that top side is going to be good, even though the Lions haven't lost either. Um, I'm not even going to mention them because they're terrible. The Eagles look like trash. The Redskins are trash. The Giants look like they finally got a quarterback, but they're still going to be trash. Uh, if you look at the NFC uh, – well, yeah, the NFC East, they got the Cowboys. NFC South, the Falcons are terrible. Uh, Cam Newton is out indefinitely. Looks like a Liz, Liz Frank injury, um, which I wouldn't be surprised if it keeps him out for the rest of the year. Uh, Tampa <laughs> couldn't hold a 20 or an 18-point lead at home against the Giants, and their field goal kicker missed a 32-yard field goal to win the game after they intentionally took a, a delay of game because Bruce Arian said he felt like his kicker would be better from further away. Good job, Bruce Arians. Uh, and then you got the Falcons, too. <laughs> Jeremy, you, you can't blame them, though, because <laughs> the, the, the kicker missed two extra points during the game from the distance before. So I guess he figured, like, hey, if we back him up a little bit and give him a little bit more a better angle or whatnot. No, no, I can't blame him because the further you get away, the further you're going to miss it. How about this? How about instead of, uh, you know, with 20 seconds left on the clock, down in the clock, or, or centering the ball and calling the timeout, how about you try to go get a touchdown if you don't trust your field goal kicker? That probably makes more. If you don't trust your field goal kicker to make a 27-yard kick, you need to go get the touchdown. Don't worry about uh, oh man, we you know we did we needed to uh you know preserve the time or move or move it back, whatever. No, go get the touchdown if you don't trust him to make a 27-yard kick. Overall, the, oh don't even let me get on the Falcons. The Falcons are pure trash. I said they're gonna be pure trash. And if you see, uh, you know, I feel bad for Keon O'Neal towards uh, his uh, Achilles in the game last year, first game of the season he tore his ACL. This this year's the third game of the season, he tears his Achilles. Great player. I hate to see him. Hated to see him play against my Saints, but uh, wish him, you know, a, a great recovery. But I don't think the Falcons are going to be good at all. So overall, I think they are contenders because I don't think it's that many good teams in the in the NFC. All righty, Jeremy seems uh, a little annoyed at how bad teams are in the NFL this year, uh, which is kind of sure. funny. Uh, let's go into the next game. Uh, the Chiefs. Uh, had a had a huge game against the Ravens. Pat Mahomes played great. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't have a bad game. Um, let's talk about these two teams a little bit. Let's start with Jeremy this time. Uh, should both of these franchises be Super Bowl favorites? No, no, neither of these franchises should be Super Bowl favorites because there's this team in New England that has Tom Brady and the best defense in football. If you guys haven't paid attention, Jeremy, you saw the best defense in football last night. Damn. Let me let me let me be clear with you. The Patriots have not given up an offensive touchdown since the AFC 
championship game against the, the against the Chiefs last year. They didn't give up an t- offensive touchdown in the Super Bowl, and they have it in the first three weeks. So overall, I'm going to go on record and just say they're the best defense in football. They got better corners. I think the Bears um, definitely have a better front seven, but on the back end, you know, outside of Kyle Fuller, they really can't. Or and Eddie Jackson's pretty good at safety, but uh, they can be exposed. I saw. Who was it last week? Uh, Joe Flacco go up, up the field when he really needed to and get a touchdown, and they had to get a, a garbage holding penalty in order to, uh, or a, a garbage uh, roughing the passer penalty in order for them to win that game. So um, I think the Bears, the Bears defense is top two, but I would probably go with the Patriots. Um, but overall, I think you got to look at the completeness of the team. I think the Chiefs defense is still somewhat suspect. The Ravens defense is going to be good, but. I don't think it's dominant like the Bears or the Patriots defense. And I think when push comes to shove, Lamar Jackson is going to be able to have to throw the ball down in the field a little bit more. Um, he did a w- really, really well in the first two games. But, you know, who was the competition in those games? Hopefully he can keep it up and, you know, it's just a little uh, let down. But some positive things about Lamar Jackson. I did see him fight back after they got down, uh, put the game in his defense's hand in order to try to, uh, get the ball back for him. If they could have stopped the third down, he might have had a chance to go back and try to win the game. So uh, I think the Ravens are going to be, uh, you know, a contender. Obviously, the Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes, who's been spectacular. The guy is on pace to throw for over 6,000 yards. Uh, what is it, 56 touchdowns or something like that? He's the first player in NFL history at any point in time, not just to start a season, to, to have three straight games with at least 350 yards passing and three touchdowns with no interceptions. Um, so – you know, he's looks like he's on a, on his way to a runaway MVP. Um, and I think he's great. I think he's the best quarterback in football right now. But this, this Patrick Mahomes talk is starting to get out of hand. I heard Ryan Clark. How's it starting to get out of hand? I, I heard Ryan Clark on ESPN just yesterday say, Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees have ever been. I mean, the guy is good. Don't get me wrong. He's probably as talented as anybody to play football. He's got the strongest arm. He can, he can make all the throws. Don't get me wrong. When was the last time you saw Patrick Mahomes throw into a tight window? Because he doesn't. Patrick Mahomes is throwing to wide open receivers. I don't care who it is. They have to say, well, That's no, no, true. it's definitely true. If true. you watch the games. Not true. He throws across the middle all the time, right on right Yeah, they're on all point, on point. But there's, there's somebody tra- that's trailing five yards behind. Overall, so he should set his receivers up to get hit across the middle because he's trying to throw. No, to the I'm, I'm saying Andy Reid is giving him a lot of easy, uh, a lot of easy throws to make. I'm saying that that the, the way they're scheming these defenses up, guys are running wide open. If you look at at any kind of statistic on on who's who has the biggest separation between their receivers, I want to say the Cowboys are leading it for the first three weeks, mainly because they play trash teams. But second was the Chiefs. Overall, I think Patrick Mahomes is great, but. A lot of this is just scheming up by Andy Reid. I, I I would love to see what it looks like whenever he's playing against a, a little bit of better, you know, competition from a defensive perspective. Wait till they play the Patriots and see if you know he cannot get shut out again in the, in the first half before you guys want to crown him the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> Eighty-five. What do you think about this? Uh, these two teams, the Chiefs and uh, Ravens, being Super Bowl favorites. Well, not the Ravens. I think in reality, the Chiefs should be the Super Bowl favorites. Um, Patriots, I. Look, man, I I didn't think the Patriots were the best team last year. I thought the Patriots were very, very lucky last year. And that, taking nothing away from them, the Chiefs beat them in that, that championship game, and D Ford happened to line up offsides, 
when Tom Brady threw the game-ending interception. And Tom Brady didn't know he was offsides and was walking to the sidelines before they realized that D4 just didn't jump offsides to try to get a snap count. He literally was just standing offsides before the play started. And so at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown pass to take the lead versus New England and then never saw the ball again. And that's because Tom Brady scored a touchdown after he, his, his interception was, was overturned because the guy was offsides, and then he won the coin toss in overtime. Um, as much as I, you know, I, as I said, I, I can agree with a lot of things you said. I think Patrick Mahomes, uh, it, it, he is set up to, to succeed um, unlike any quarterback in the league. I mean, I think you look at, and I, I, I had a uh, Twitter rant with somebody online uh, this week, which I wouldn't recommend doing. It just makes you mad, and then you – you look silly. But with that being said, the guy every, time I, look, about how every good, time I look on my Twitter uh, timeline, it's Jared having an argument with somebody about Deshaun Watson. Every time. Because, like, people – it literally, like, it was just – it was baffling. So the guy was like, oh, you know, how much better Patrick Mahomes is than everybody in his class. Or something. I'm like, look, man, like, I don't know how good Patrick Mahomes is because Andy Reid – if you, I, I just showed him a comparison. I said, look at Michael Vick outside of his time with Andy Reid and Michael Vick with his time with Andy Reid. Andy, uh, Andy Reid with Alex Smith. Alex Smith without Andy Reid. Kevin Cobb with Andy Reid without. Donovan McNabb with Andy Reid without. Brett Favre with Andy Reid without. Like every person that he deals with as a quarterback significantly elevates with him and is significantly worse without him. But at the end of the day, I can't take that away. Like at, at the end of the day, everybody says, oh, you know, look, I, I can tell you, I don't think Jared Goff is very good. But under under Sean McVay, he's a very good quarterback. And so you can say, oh, well, what was, you know, we, why is he getting paid? Look what he was without Sean McVay. But as long as Sean McVay is going to be there, then that's what he is. And likewise, as long as Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is going to have Andy Reid there, they should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Um, I kind of I, I look at it like this. In my head, Patrick Mahomes is Kevin Durant, my Najee. He's Kevin Durant with Golden State. He replaced Harrison Barnes, who I think Alex Smith is a Harrison Barnes-level player. Harrison Barnes got a max contract. He just got another very high contract. At his position, he's a maybe slightly above average starter, Harrison Barnes and Alex Smith. And, but, and if you replace those guys with an extreme all-time talent like Patrick Mahomes, Kevin Durant, they're going to win the majority of their games. It's going to be scary, and there's going to be the conversation of, is he the best player in the league? We had that same argument. Is Kevin Durant the best player in the league? And a lot of people said, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. Look at all he's doing. And could Kevin Durant have been the best player in the league the last two years, three years? Possibly. I don't know. You know why? Because it's a lot different when if you have an off night, Steph Curry's just going to jump up and hit hit you for 40, or, or Clay's going to hit you for 25 in the first half, or Draymond's going to shut down whoever. And likewise, is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the league? Possibly. He's got talent that maybe nobody else in the league has. He's definitely the best quarterback in the league right now. No, no. Let me me finish. If you have a great line when you're sacked the bottom 10 in the league and then you can throw a slant rod to Tyreek Hill or your number two receiver, Sammy Watkins, or your number three receiver, Demetrius Robinson, or your number four receiver is Miko Hartman, all of them run under 4-4 and you have the best tight end in the league and you have a good running game and you have a great play caller. Like, I can't tell you what Deshaun would do in that system, because I don't know. So I can't take any of that away from him. At the end of the day, I do think I'm very interested to see 
what that matchup looks like in two in three weeks when he faces Deshaun Watson with an offensive line that is now protecting him significantly better than they, they've been his entire career. Um, there should be a matchup where I expect the Chiefs to be 5-0. I expect the Texans to be 4-1 uh, with games coming up versus the backup quarterback for the Panthers and versus Matt Ryan, who's lost eight straight games versus the AFC. So Hold your horses. Uh, Hold your horses on we'll that. See. Hold we'll your horses see. on that Texans-Panthers we'll game. Yep. But let's, uh, let's, let's, let's keep it moving, fellas. Let's talk about a, a, a less, uh, I guess, uh, anticipated game was uh, the Browns. Um, who did they play? I'm the sorry. Who did the they Rams. Play on, uh, it, it, I'm sorry. They played the Rams. Um, Baker Mayfield struggled pretty, pretty, pretty much the whole game. Uh, ended up Browns falling to one and two. Uh, who's the who's who's most to blame, Jared? Let's start with you uh, on this on this uh, topic of the Browns. Who most to play? Who's who's most to blame for them starting out one and two? Kind of sluggish. Um, Baker Mayfield talks a lot. Hadn't seemed to kind of back it up uh, the way he was talking during the offseason. But let's start with you. Who does who's to blame with this? Uh, uh, one and two start by the Browns. So there, there's there's three people there's three people to blame. Uh, and this this pie, I'm gonna give 40 percent of the blame to John Dorsey, the GM. The reason is he's the person who hired Freddie Kitchens as the head coach, and he's the person who traded their best interior offensive lineman and po- probably their best offensive lineman to get Olivier Vernon from the Giants, who hasn't had 10 sacks in a season in four years. So. That was the first person to blame because his offensive line now isn't very good. Aaron Donald obviously is the, the best defensive player in football, um, but he was in the backfield nonstop, and everybody's been in the backfield nonstop since they've you know started this season. And Baker Mayfield is not athletic enough to be able to, to deal with a bad offensive line. So I'm going to blame John Dorsey uh, 40%. I'm going to blame uh, Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens, at least 30%. He had some dumb play calls. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing as a head coach. I mean, to run a draw play on fourth and nine, they, they've been keeping those analytical stats on those type of plays since 07. Since 07, nobody's ever run a draw play on fourth and nine or run play at all on fourth and nine. It It's baffling, especially if you're running a draw play at Aaron Donald. He got one yard. Um, it, was, it was terrible. And he's just made dumb decisions. You At the end of the game, you're down seven. You got first and goal from the four-yard line with, with three timeouts left. And you don't run the ball once with Nick Chubb. And not only do you not run the ball once, you don't even have him in the backfield. So you can't even run a play action. You can't – like, literally, you just allow the de- defense to be like, okay, so we know it's going to be a pass play. So this is the defense we're going to run. I got to give them 30% of the blame. And the last 30%, I have to blame to the mattress company for Baker Mayfield. And the reason is because apparently that's the reason why he hasn't woken up dangerous at all. For any of these games, he's playing versus good teams. Look, Baker Mayfield is now lost seven straight games versus teams that finished last year with a winning record. We don't know who's going to finish with a winning record this year, but versus teams that have fin- that finished last year with a winning record, he's lost seven straight games. And everybody that was telling me about how good he was and how all these people that ranked him above Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan rightfully so, maybe now <laughs> he looks terrible too. But but off the last year. They weren't looking at the fact that if you look at Baker Mayfield and his stats versus all the teams he's faced, not named last year's Cincinnati Bengals, he barely has a, a, a positive interception to touchdown ratio. He literally, he, he, last year versus the Bengals, he had seven touchdowns, no picks. Versus everybody else, he's got, I think, 18 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. He's like, he's got a losing record significantly overall. I mean, it's, 
I got to give his mattress company some kind of blame because obviously that's got to be the reason he's not waking up feeling dangerous like he did last year when he was playing bum teams. Look, that schedule is not going to get any easier. And the teams that we thought were going to be easier on the second half of the schedule, the Bills, the 49ers, those are no longer easier games. Those are teams that are 3-0 and now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I predicted it in the offseason. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you look at Baker. He's a short quarterback who ran a 4-8-4-40, so he's not that athletic. And, you know, he's not making great decisions with the ball. So at the end of the day, it'd be something I would panic about. And ultimately, it's probably going to end up costing Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey his job. There's a reason why, if you look at Jimmy Haslam, he he has now had – he's on his fourth coach in seven years since he bought the Browns. And he's the biggest booster of Tennessee football. They're talking about firing their coach. They, they make rush decisions, and a lot of that has to do with Jimmy Haslam. And Jimmy Haslam is not going to suffer fools lightly. Uh, I think they're probably going to fire the coach and the GM if this thing doesn't turn around very quickly because of those expectations. So uh, those that's the blame pie I'm going to give out. John Dorsey, 40%. Freddie Kitchens, 30%. Baker Mayfield's mattress company, 30%. That's a, that's an interesting, uh, I guess, soliloquy about who, who gets the blame. I will – yeah, yeah. I, I want to throw out – first off, I just want to touch on your last point for a second before I get into my uh, little diatribe. Uh, the 49ers have beaten the Buccaneers, the, the Bengals, and the Steelers. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call them legit. And the Buffalo Bills have beaten uh, the Jets, the I, I don't think any Giants, of those teams are legit, but the, when you look at the, the schedule at the beginning well. of the season, I think the 49ers and the Bills are better than we expect. I don't think That's they are. Me I think they versus. will fall back to exactly where I expect them to be throughout the season. So do you – in perspective – at the beginning of the season, people looked at it as, an, as definite wins. Do you think the Bills and the 49ers versus Cleveland are definite wins for Cleveland? I don't think there's a single team on the schedule that's a definite win for the Cleveland uh, for the Cleveland uh, Browns. And, and, and I mean, so to be honest, for example, uh, we played the 49ers this year on the se- in the season. I have absolutely no concern about that game, none whatsoever. Um, but, you know, too, and, and, and I'll get into a little bit with my bets, uh, this whole seven-point spread with the Patriots going to the Bills laughable but uh overall my blame pie um i'm gonna go blame yeah, pie. blame pie i'm jared's talking about the pie so you know i'm doing split splits of the pie uh 25 dorsey yeah i got it relax, yeah man. um <laughs> so relax so 25 dorsey uh i am gonna give uh 25 to uh haslam the owner um, because he had to be in on the decision to hire Freddie Kitchens as a as a head coach, somebody who had only been an offensive coordinator for eight games, and before that, his highest position was a running backs coach. Um, so that part is laughable to begin with. Um, and it could be, it, to be honest, it would be one thing if Freddie Kitchens they fired everybody. Freddie Kitchens got bumped up to interim head coach, and they went on a run. Okay, that makes sense. You hold on to him if you want to. I have no no issue with that. He was not the head coach when they went on this run. There was it was Greg Williams, and then they said, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna get rid of Greg Williams, who was the head coach when you guys went on this run, and we're gonna put this other guy up here who's never had any kind of position whatsoever similar to this in that position at head coach and see what happens." So you got to give him some blame. Uh, I'm gonna give another 25 percent to Baker Mayfield. Um, probably mainly not even just because his play has been terrible and he's been completely overrated. Um, 
as Rick Ryan also said, I mean, the guy's really only completing passes whenever it's a two-step or a three-step drop, and he's getting the ball out of his hands in less than two seconds. Anytime he has to make a pass downfield, he's inaccurate. He's missing receivers that are open. When he does uh, stay in the pocket, he's getting uh, – or when he is in the pocket, he's getting scared and running out, scrambling to one side of the field, generally to his right, which – if you're a defender, it tells you you only have to guard one side of the field because nobody's going to throw the ball back across the other side of the field. So he's shortening up and making his, his target lines a lot easier to, to defend. Um, and, and it's been, you know, ugly to watch. And then obviously you got to put some on uh, Freddie Kitchens, who for some reason is really concerned about what the media is going to write. I, I, I don't understand why him and Baker and all these guys keep going – Oh, well, you know, you guys are going to write your stories, you know, put it on me, blame me. You know, when you got to do your story, stop worrying about who's writing a story. The stories don't matter. How about you worry about getting wins? How about you worry about making sure that your team is focused on on what they need to be focused on? You you guys were all in, oh, Baker Mayfield. You see that he went up to Hugh Jackson. Is You know, he got in his face because, you know, he's just that competitive. Where's that competitiveness now? Stand in the pocket and take your hits and make the, make the throws when you have to. Overall, I think this team is the most – overrated team going into the season throughout the season jared and i both said it before the season started i'd not expect them to be maybe zero and three but i thought they'd probably be you know somewhere in this ballpark where they are one and two and i don't see it getting much better for them their next four games uh they play the bills they play the patriots they play uh the ravens and they also play who else do they play maybe seattle um, so they, they, they've got a tough schedule. Uh, and so I think they're going to, they're going to really struggle in the, oh no, it's the 49ers, it's the other team. Um, so I think they're really going to struggle and I wouldn't be surprised if they're one and six and end up having to, to, uh, to, to fire the coach. Fire their coach. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, uh, yeah, something's going to happen. Something's going to have to happen on that Browns team, but I mean, it's, it's still only three games in, uh, they have what, 12 more games, 13 more games. Yeah. So it's still a lot to, to kind of see. It's a long season, yeah. very, very long season. Let's go into a topic that I'm just getting tired of discussing. Um, and this has <laughs> to do with Antonio Brown. Hopefully this uh, is the last one. Hopefully this is the last time I hear about Antonio Brown as a whole. Uh, and I mean that wholeheartedly. But uh, Antonio Brown cut by the Patriots and goes on some Twitter rant. Um, all this could have been easily avoidable from my perspective. You're just not a complete idiot. Um, but let's let's start with Jeremy. Do you guys think that Antonio Brown will or will not play in the NFL again? Do I think he will or will not? Uh, unfortunately, I think he will. Um, and I said that wholeheartedly. I hope to never see him again in life. Uh, you know, hopefully he gets his life together. I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't hold any, you know, ill will towards anybody, but he is very annoying. I'm so tired of hearing him talk. Um, if the accusations are true, you know, he should never play again and he should be in prison. Uh, but based on just his behavior, I would like to see him not in the league again. And the one thing that I think could keep him out of the league is not what he said. It, well, not what he did in uh, Oakland. It's not what he did in Pittsburgh. Um, it's not how he's been going on these stupid Twitter rants and missing practices and things like that. Or calling out Shannon Sharp or Big Ben. He called out an owner. And the ownership groups are, you know, I don't think you're going to find a lot of owners who are going to like a, a player, you know, personally attacking another one of the owners because they know that could be them at any point in time. And I think they'll send a message to Antonio Brown, just like everyone else. Hey, there's, you know, things we're not willing to tolerate. I mean, 
if they do bring them back, I mean, you guys can deal with that, but you can't deal with cap. I mean, hey, that's, that's another topic for another day. But overall, I do think he'll probably get another opportunity. He's probably going to, um, you know, turn on his, his, you know, fake smile and, and talk about, oh, yeah, you know, I just really want to get back to work. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited to be back in the league uh, and give another opportunity, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, Antonio Brown is going to be Antonio Brown. He's going to get back in another locker room. He's going to cause more trouble. And at the end of the day, he will probably never finish another NFL season. I'll say that. So, Antonio Brown will never play in the NFL again. Look, let's be 100% honest. There is very few people who could blow $40 million in seven days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I think, that's, that's I think it, was more like, it was more like 21 days. But still, like, it's, think about this, right? I had this conversation before. I'm not going to throw this guy's this man is too much of his business out there. But Sugar Ray Leonard apparently put all his boxing money into like some high interest accounts in the 80s. And apparently he makes like $40 million a year off interest. And I remember having the conversation, and he lives off the interest every year. And I remember having the conversation of, you know how hard it would be to blow $40 million in a year? Like I buy a Lambo this week. Oh, it's 300000 Cool. That's not my weekly allowance. Oh, I bought a... $5 million house. Okay, cool. I still got $35 million left. I got 34 after the three Lambos and the $5 million. Man. Like It'd be hard to blow $40 million in a year. This dude did it in 21 days. Look. I mean, <laughs> he, he literally was trying to. He like, was he trying. Tried. Like, think, think about the last, the last month, right? I'm going to go just quickly. Burned his feet at a cryotherapy facility. Sued the NFL twice for a helmet, only to come back after suing the NFL and say it was all ploy to get a uh, helmet contract that he got. Then to lose the helmet contract after that. Then you skipped all this time at practice. You lost out on $500,000 in signing bonus just for the participation at camp. After this happens, you get sued for not showing up. You, you get fined for not showing up at practice for $45,000. You put that up on your IG to say, can't nobody stop stop me, blah, 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 everybody against me. Then you show up at practice the next day. You threaten to punch the GM of the team in the face. You get fined. Then you lose out on $30 million in guaranteed money that you still could have gotten if you were just playing per game. It changed it from being guaranteed to where every game you played, you would have gotten this year roughly $950,000. But no, so then you force your way out. You get to New England. You somehow figure out a way to where you got $10 million in signing bonus, where $5 million would have been due on yesterday if he was just on the roster. You had a settlement that you could have had with this girl who alleges you sexually assaulted her for $2 million. You walk away from it, and you still would have been able to keep this money if you just not reach out to the girl directly, which is clearly witness intimidation, which is illegal by law. But while you're on the Patriots, you reach out to the girl via group text, put pictures of her kids, and essentially threaten her that she's lying and her, she's broken, blah, 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 blah. She and her attorney reach out to the NFL. The Patriots somehow drop you after that and manage to get out of that money. And now, after that happens, you say, I'm not playing the NFL, but just to piss on everybody on the way out, you say, Big Ben... He only he only uh he didn't lose his contract or his guaranteed money with his sexual assault. And Bob Kraft, he got caught in a massage parlor. And look, he, he ain't got any of this thing. But okay, this is literally the last 30 days. I didn't even mention 
the other assault allegation. I didn't even mention you throwing a ottoman off a 14th floor of your condo in Miami and falling within feet of a 22 month old child. Like I've been going through like that. That's the stuff that's happened in the last year. If you think if he if he was able to just chill out for the next year, he could get back in the league. But if you think this is the end of Antonio Brown being an idiot, it's really like being like like betting on OJ Simpson to never go back to jail. Look. Is it possible OJ is never going back to jail? Sure. Do I think OJ is never going back to jail? Come OJ on, man. Never going back to jail. OJ seventy five. Yeah. Hey, OJ seventy five, and OJ. And think about Damon. OJ got off of a double yeah. murder. He only went to jail twice. One for killing uh, Nicole and. Uh, he didn't even like, He got he, off on a double murder charge, and this dude wrote a book called "If I Did It." And but told what does it have to do with going to jail? He went then, to jail because he, oh, he went to try to get his stuff back. That here, he's so if I beat murder charges, you think I'm going to hold somebody hostage? No, 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 but I, oh, overall, though, he was going to I'm get, taking it over on jail days. Yeah, OJ. Like OJ has a long yeah. rap sheet, but that's yeah. a whole nother overall. I would say this. I, I, and I'm not an OJ fan. Yeah. I'm not defending OJ by yeah. any right. means. I'm, I'm going to take you over on OJ's. I don't, I don't see OJ getting in trouble in Vegas. I don't, I don't either. He's, he's just on the golf course every day. Last thing I'll say, Jeremy, you can go. If if there's an over under in Vegas for a half day spent in jail, OJ, I'm taking the over. That's just that's just me. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the thirty for thirty. I've already come up with a name for it. Uh, how to lose a fortune in ten days. Uh, it, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be spectacular. It's gonna be probably the greatest. They can't do it in two hours. It's going to have to be like a good six-hour episode. Well, Jeremy, let's get into the uh, the picks from last week. I want I want you to kind of – I mean, I, I, it's been, in reality, a very good week for you. So I, I want you to kind of walk me through, like, how did you do? I don't know. I was, I was trying to check out. I was trying to figure out what the numbers were. So, you know, obviously, you know, we started in college football last week, and um, I told you old khaki pants would – get beat down. I told you it would be a wipeout by Wisconsin. And I actually predicted that Jonathan Taylor would have 250 yards rushing in the game. I was actually, actually I was just too right about it. And that's why I wasn't, he didn't play most of the second half and he had 202 yards. And I think they had over 400 yards rushing. They stomped him out. He would have got the 250 yards had he played in the game. I didn't anticipate he wouldn't even start and wouldn't even play in the fourth quarter. So, um, that's the reason why he didn't get there. So that was one. So I'm one to know. Um, what was the next game? It wasn't the the Georgia versus the Notre Dame game. What was the second game? Uh, it was Auburn versus Texas. Right, A&M. right. Auburn versus Texas A and M. I told you Auburn would win. I told you Auburn would cover because I didn't believe in Kellen Mond. And what happened? The same thing happened two and zero. I said Georgia would win against Notre Dame. Why would Georgia win against Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame doesn't win big games. 3-0. Then let's go into these NFL picks, shall we? First off, let's see here. Let's start with, as a matter of fact, I, I do believe uh, I do believe you said that Georgia would cover versus Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think we did cover. I don't I didn't think I even knew the spread. I think we we're too- I, I know that was that was my whole argument. I said that 14 points was too many points to be given up for Notre Dame. Maybe so. Um, but let's go. Let's get into my actual picks. I want to start with one game. It's not going to be in any order. But I want to start with the game that I told Jared about. My New Orleans Saints 
going against the Seattle Seahawks and stopping them up for uh, pretty much the entire game. That score looked a lot closer than the game was. We won by six. If you really want to be honest, we were up by 20 with – well, actually we were up 21 with – no, we were up 20. Sorry. We were up 20 with uh, three minutes to go. And they scored two touchdowns in the last three minutes when we were playing prevent defense and then ran the ball three times and punted. And uh, they got an extra 120, uh, 162 yards in that time period. Uh, and Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett helped out my fantasy team. So overall, what you saw, the Saints defense did not get any sacks, but they still had a lot of pressures, and they forced them into some, uh, to some tough plays. Secondly, you cannot run the ball against the Saints front. The, the Seattle Seahawks were number one in the league in rushing last year, and they pretty much had Russell Wilson throwing the ball every possession because every time they tried to run, he wasn't going anywhere. The one long run they did have was when uh, Carson got stripped and we ran it back for a touchdown. So overall, I think the, uh, our defensive front is scary. I knew we would we would win the game, not only cover, and when you're going to give us points, I'm going to take it. New Orleans Saints covered $200. Let's go to the next uh, to the next pick. So we had the Dallas Cowboys against the uh, Miami Dolphins. The Cowboys were, were favored by 21 and a half points. And I said, catch no way the Cowboys don't cover. And for the first half, they got outplayed by the Miami Dolphins. And I was sitting there thinking, why would you ever bet on the Cowboys? But by at the end of the day, the Cowboys ended up being decent and the, and the Miami Dolphins turned back into the Miami Dolphins. And they won by 25 points. Another cover, plus 400. Next game. Uh, Indianapolis Colts versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Colts were favored by one and a half. Why? Again, why did I say that the Atlanta Falcons were not going to win this game? Because the offensive line for the Colts would match them, which they did. They pushed them down. They, they pushed the ball down their throat. And then Jacoby Brissett torched them. Like, that's that back end got torched. But Jacoby completed his first 16 passes of the game. That game was out of control very, very early. The Falcons made a big comeback. But at the end of the day, they're not good enough to really con- compete this year or contend this year. The Falcons so far uh, in their last 12 games against the AFC opponents, they are 1-11, which is why um, they are not going to compete. And the Saints are going to have a cakewalk to the division. Uh, next game, Vikings um, at home versus the Raiders. Not true. You think the Falcons are going to compete this year? You got the Saints aren't going to have a cakewalk to the division. Who's going to beat us? We'll it's see. like it's, it's it's not even it's not even a discussion anymore. It's really like a okay. There's not even a, another team who can even put up a fight. Oh, oh, Kyle, Kyle Allen's got one for okay. Cool, that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. and Teddy Bridgewater does. Uh, by the time you guys play, uh, Drew Brees will be back. That's that's the unfortunate thing about you guys. You don't play us like week thirteen. We'll see how. 45-year-old thumbs, uh, Hill. How fast those, those things Yeah, we'll back. see how, how, how that uh, offensive line looks like for the uh, for the Panthers, who uh, the right tackle Cam Jordan refers to as speed bump McGee because he's pretty much a speed bump to the one way to the quarterback. Anyway, uh, the Vikings at, are at home versus the Raiders, favored by nine <laughs> points. And uh, I picked the Vikings to win that game because the Raiders are the Raiders. They had a great first game of the season. I'm sure John Gruden had three months to prepare and put together a great game plan. But now when you got one week and you don't have the talent because you wanted to trade Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper away and go get your guys like, you know, Vontez Burfick and Antonio Brown and uh, Richie Incognito 
And you know, pretty much everybody who's got a rap sheet, that's what happens to your football team. Vikings cover, that's plus 600. Giants at Tampa Bay, plus six and a half points. I said not only would they cover, but they would win the game. Daniel Jones did just that. They were down 28 to 10 at halftime. I was not feeling very confident. But Daniel, the man, Danny Dimes, Jones was destroying the the Buccaneers in the second half. Super impressive. Saquon went out very early with a high ankle sprain. And this man just took over. I mean, you're talking about throwing off off platform. He was still running for his life. His offensive line still looked terrible. They had no running game because Jared's boy Wayne Goldman is uh, uh, well below average running back in the NFL. And so, oh, stop it. What did he do? He's throwing touchdowns. He's rushing touchdowns. He's got that competitiveness that you see. You know he's going to be a great player. Um, I'm going to go on record and say he's going to be a great player. He had a great comeback. And as I talked about before, the Buccaneers decided to move the field goal kick back because they thought it would be better from further out. And the field goal kicker missed the 32-yarder. Regardless, I would have covered, but I was even more right. That's plus $1,000. Five for five. What did I say before last week's picks? I guaranteed at least four or five, and I said I was going to get five or five. And you guys, if you bet with me, you had a great week. I was down $1,000 for the first two weeks, mainly because you never know what you're going to get in the first couple weeks. But I'm settling in. Back to even. Let's go. That was a long That was a long description of, uh, <clears throat> of what happened last week. I was just going to say, personally, I went three and two. Um, <laughs> three wins I had. Yeah, but not five and zero, oh, right? Well, yeah. So I, I was obviously I was three and two, so I went five and zero. Oh, so that's why I didn't go on the, the die tribe. But in reality, um, you know, look at my picks. I was three and two because I picked the, the uh, Texans to cover three and a half points. We went straight up, as I said we would, uh, versus the uh, LA Chargers. Um, I also picked the Bengals uh, to cover versus the Bills. I said the Bills will probably win, but I'm not giving up six points versus the versus the Bengals. Uh, they they want bills won by four points, so I was able to cover that spread. Um, and then obviously I, I told you guys that I was going to take the Rams over the Browns. It was three point spread. Uh, they covered that, so I won that one. The two bets I lost, I picked the uh, Seahawks to beat the Saints uh, and to cover the four points. They did not. Uh, I knew that was going to be a bad bet as soon as uh, the Saints opened up the game with a punt return touchdown. And I was like, wow, that was uh, it was not positive. And uh, I took the Chiefs to cover more than six and a half points versus, versus the Ravens, uh, and they only covered four. So uh, for the season, I'm plus 400. For the week, I was plus 200. You know, I'm just steady, steady giving you guys income, guys. You know, there, there's a saying, you know, you never go broke making a profit. So, um, you know, just, just stick with me. Um, <laughs> you know, it's I, I'm, I'm not the stock. I'm not the penny stock that's going to go up 200 and go down 200 all hey, 200 points every, every week. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just steady. I'm, I'm, I'm Apple. I'm just, I'm just steady rising. This man just called you a penny stock. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even reference Jeremy as a penny stock. I, I just threw that out I, there. I'm, you know, I mean, y'all, y'all make whatever uh, uh, you three, want. Two guy calling a five and oh guy penny uh, stock. I like oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm, like I'm, I'm pretty much Apple at this point. You know, outside of the iPhone. Okay. All right, cool, fella. So, uh, <clears throat> obviously jerry has a a lot of uh i wouldn't call it nerve but it's definitely funny a three and two guy going for the five and oh guy uh i'm up on a year what, what, what can you say oh yeah i mean i feel you but uh let's let's get into this this week's picks fellas uh let's start with jeremy who you got so this week um the easiest bet of all of the bets this week is the new england patriots at the buffalo bills plus 200 um or or, plus, or they're minus seven i'm doing 200 dollars on it 
if you're really going to look to bet on the game this week, this is the game to bet. They haven't given up an offensive touchdown in four games. Uh, the Buffalo Bills don't have a good offense. They have a good defense. But overall, Tom Brady's going to be able to figure it out, and they're going to cover well over seven points. I'm going to guess they're going to win by a solid at least two touchdowns. Uh, Tom Brady in his career against the Buffalo Bills is 30-3. and three. Uh, So, uh, I mean, I don't think this game is going to be very competitive. I saw uh, late in the – in the second half, the Buffalo Bills were down 16 points to the Jets. So um, this game is going to be easy. That's going to be one of the bets I go with. Next bet, Dallas at New Orleans. New, or- New Orleans is the underdog by two and a half points. That is as easy as it's going to get. If you want a game to bet, bet New Orleans in prime time with, a, with, with points. It's going uh, to be really, really loud in there. I guarantee you Dak Prescott will throw at least two interceptions and the Saints will win this game going away. Uh, $200 there. Minnesota Bear, uh, Minnesota Vikings at Bears. Um, this game scares me a little bit, but I'm going to go with Minnesota. They are uh, the underdog by three points. I think the Bears defense will get out to them pretty pretty good. But um, I still think Kirk Cousins is better than Mr. Trubisky, who's looked terrible. Um, I wasn't impressed by him even last game. Uh, and as bad as they played, or as bad as the as the, the Redskins played in the last game, it was what thirteen to twenty eight with you know the Redskins the having court. the ball driving the ball down about to go into the fourth quarter. So um, I don't think the the Bears are a very good team this year. I don't like the way they're using they're not using uh, Tariq Cohen. I think they're they're not taking advantage of all their resources. So um, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Uh, in this game, and you had him, you had him plus two, right? Is it plus two? I, I got it a little earlier. I had it at plus two. I had it at plus uh, at plus three, but I'll still take him at plus two. That's cool. That's cool. Um, L.A. Chargers at Miami. Uh, the the Miami Dolphins are underdogs by fifteen and a half or sixteen and a half. What do you, what do you have that at, Jared? At sixteen and a half. Yeah. So sixteen and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chargers because. There's not a single team in the league I would bet on. I would bet Miami covering against. So um, I got that one. And then lastly, um, the Carolina Panthers at Houston Texans. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are coming off of a impressive win. Um, nonetheless, I don't think they are a very good team. I think they're not going to be able to cover. All right. um, and and so I'm going to go with uh, the Houston Texans. What is it? Five points. Um. I think it's four points. Is it down to four? All right, definitely. I'll take that four points then. I'm going with Houston, Texas to cover. Yep. Y'all better go Carolina. So, look. All right. I'm, I'm, my, my biggest thing is I'm going to look at a couple of these lines. One, I'm clearly taking the Titans versus the Falcons. Titans are, are, are plus four coming to Atlanta. The Falcons have lost eight straight games versus the AFC. And what did the Falcons struggle to do last week? Control a good offensive line who could run the ball. What is one of the only things the Titans can do? They have a really good offensive line who can run the ball. Now, their offensive line didn't look good versus Jacksonville, but I have a very good thought process of whenever you see a team that is pretty good or good that gets dominated on primetime, take them the next week. So I get Tennessee, who came off an embarrassing performance versus Jacksonville on primetime TV Thursday night. They got an extra three nights to prepare because they played on Thursday. The Falcons played on Sunday. And I get four points. Look, Falcons could possibly win the game. I don't think they will, but I will definitely take the Titans plus four. That was my next, that next, was my next game. game I was looking at. That's a good bet. Yep. 
Uh, next game, Kansas City versus the Lions. Kansas City didn't cover last week, but the Lions I don't think are very good. Look, they basically they got into the game versus the Chargers because the Chargers kicker got hurt and couldn't kick a field goal. Um, and they barely beat the they, – they got out of the Cardinals game with a tie because the Cardinals cornerback dropped a wide-open interception in overtime that would have ended the game because they could have kicked the field goal to win. Um, and then they 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 beat the Eagles this week because the Eagles dropped seven passes and had three offensive pass interferences. I don't think that the Lions are very good. If I'm only having to give up six points, I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover the six points versus the Lions. Uh, I agree with you on this one, Jeremy. I'm definitely taking the Chargers versus the Dolphins. Uh, any any team that I think is decent that gets under three touchdowns versus the, the Dolphins, I'm clearly taking. So I think the Chargers uh, are going to get after Rosen uh, with Bosa and with Ingram. And after being 0-2, or 1-2, and and they've lost their last two games straight, I think they're going to come out with a, uh, a hellacious uh, performance to get after them. And then the last game, I got to take the Saints and the Cowboys. I got to take the Cowboys plus two, or minus two and a half points. And here's why. Do I think that the Cowboys are necessarily going to win? No, I don't. Do you know why I'm taking the Cowboys? Because I've learned throughout life, bet on happiness. So look, either... Cowboys win and cover, and I feel somewhat happy, or they lose to the Saints. And I'm happy, too, because then I get to watch <laughs> Skip Bayless and all the Cowboy fans on my Facebook timeline shut up because I got people on my timeline talking about, oh, y'all y'all don't see what Dak Prescott's doing, as if they didn't play the last three teams on the power rankings, number 32, number 31, and number 30. I am so – I did this a couple uh, – earlier last year, and it was one of the smartest things I did. I anybody that knows me knows I hate Duke basketball. I bet Duke versus Virginia. It was a close game. Duke put it on the end. I was like, you know what? I'm happy. I got money. But if Virginia would have won, I would have been happy. I would have lost a little bit of money, but I would pay a little bit of money to see Duke lose. I would pay a little bit of money to see the Cowboys lose. Uh, so uh, e- either way. But how how do you I, uh, gonna, represent that to the people listening that uh, want to take your advice? How would you how would you reference it to them? So I'm pretty sure everybody listening recognizes that I hate the Cowboys, and I think they do too, and I think they should bet on their happiness. <laughs> and if I didn't mention it, I think I, I, I think I thought about this when we were – but I'm definitely taking the Texans minus four points versus the Panthers. Look, everybody's really high on Kyle Allen. I like Kyle Allen, but – he's, he's going home. That's, that's summer down. He's going home. That's summer down. He's going, he, he is from, he's from the Houston area, played at Texas A&M, but come on, guys. Like, at the end of the day – if I'm betting on like, all right, is this guy going to come into to Houston and outplay Deshaun Watson? I, I don't see that happen. I mean, two former number one quarterbacks in high school, one of them panned out. One of them has a potential to pan out in, in, in pros. He didn't pan out in college. But look, we, we never know. But when I look at the, the the Panthers, I think they're looking for somebody to, 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 to replace Cam. And what little people know, Deshaun Watson's really good friends with Cam. Cam's been his mentor since he was in high school and had his Cam Newton. Uh, uh, since Deshaun was in high school, so, Cam Newton so, had his camps. Stuff so, all that. Who? How much you want on this? Uh, on this? On this? On this Panthers game? How much you want? I, I listen. I get a, a pack of snow balls from you. I, I'm cool with it. Let's go. Get, 50. Let's go fifty. Fifty, and I'll take the I'll take the Texans minus four. I thought it's five. No, it's four. Okay. So I'll take the Texas minus four. We'll take 50 on it. 
Uh, I got five on it. Uh, five zero. Um, so look, there's a couple other games I would have picked. I actually think the Bears, Vikings, Jeremy is a terrible pick. Um, they're the both those quarterbacks are terrible, but that Bears defense is just stupid. I mean, literally, it really is. it's just stupid. Like, what do you do versus that team? You got no time to throw. Like, as much as I, I, I think Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky's terrible. Kirk Cousins has devolved into even worse. Through three weeks, Kirk Cousins is ranked 34th in in the NFL and pro football focus rankings. There's 32 starting quarterback positions, which means he's rated worse than, than more than the starting quarterback. Literally, he's that bad. And you're going to put him versus that defense? Wait, I mean, wait, can, can we talk about the defense that uh, your, your boy uh, Trubisky is going to be going against? Because if you really want to look at defenses, I think the Vikings are good, but I don't think the Vikings defense is can stack Chicago. up right there with the uh, with, with the um, with the Bears. Yeah, they can. Let me let me just pull up the the defensive stats. Hold on. Just so I can uh, ref, reference that for um, total defense. Here we go. Listen, all I'm going to say is this. I think there's a better chance of Kirk Cousins having a terrible game than Mitchell Trubisky because Kirk, Kirk can't throw and he can't run. At least Mitch can run. Like, I think the odds of Kirk Cousins having a good game versus the Bears defense is worse than the odds that Takashi 69 is going to snitch on somebody. Like, I just don't – I think the odds are very low. I think you if, – if, if you you stole a pencil in preschool, like it's coming out. Like, look, at the end of the day, if he saw it, it's coming out. And at the end of the day, if that Bears defense is versus Kirk Cousins, like it is what it is. By the way, I do want to shout out my boy Jacob. Uh, Jacob listens to the podcast. He he stopped replying as much on the page. Uh, because I remember last year he was telling us about how Kirk Cousins was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure if you want to revisit that, uh, Jacob. But uh, at the end of the day, I think you kind of moved off that point. I think I think we we recognize uh, the nonsense in that statement. Yeah, so, so but, just, Jeremy, go ahead with your so stats. just going going through the defensive stats. Uh, the Bears are giving up 13 points per game um, this season. Uh, Minnesota's giving up 15.7, uh, and they played against much better offenses. You're looking at the Bears, who who really only played the Broncos, who have a terrible offense. Um, they did play the Packers. Um, who have a better offense and held them in check. And then they played the Raiders under the Redskins. So they really haven't played anybody. Uh, the Vikings haven't played much, but they played the Falcons instead of playing the, the Broncos, which is a little bit better. They're giving up 15.7, uh, much better run defense for the bears. Uh, looking at uh, 68.7 yards per game, giving up where Minnesota's given up 101, but for the past defense, Minnesota's given up 225 yards per game compared to Chicago's 245. Overall, I'm saying I trust Kirk Cousins and those that receiving core much more because I don't care how good your defense is, you don't have you don't have two guys who can guard uh, Stephon Diggs and uh, and Adam Thielen. You don't have it. So uh, and then also, you know, finally Dal- Dalvin Cook actually was terrible for me all last season uh, when I got auto drafted him. Now he wants to look like a superstar. So let's see how it goes. Well, yep, uh, fellas, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, this week's games. I'm looking forward to taking Jared's money. As uh, I think Carolina is definitely going to uh, surprise and shock a bunch of people. I think they're playing better than 
uh, what their record reflects right now. So, yeah, uh, you guys got any uh, parting words for our uh, our listeners out there? Yeah, I got um, two stats or one stat and one sad uh, thing. So the stats, Antonio Cromartie has more kids. He has 14 kids. Then the Dolphins have points this season through three games. They have 10 points. Um, if that's not a crazy stat. Okay. Um, lastly, um, RIP to Andre Emmett. What are the greatest Texas Tech basketball players of all time? Uh, I think when he left the conference, the Big 12 he was the all-time leading scorer in the conference. Um, and a very, very talented uh, college player. Played in the Big 3 last year was second leading scorer. Shot and killed in the arm robbery um, a couple nights ago. Apparently, good father has has some young kids, uh, 37 years old. I mean, mm. tragic. And so, uh, you know, RIP, uh, prayers with that family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeremy, anything else? Any any final words going into, uh, what's this, week week four? Yeah, yep. yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're starting to go into week four. So, yeah. Um, overall, man, my boys got a dub last week. I want to see it continue this week. I can't wait to see us stomp out the Cowboys. Uh, and – this is another random stat, and this is really the most embarrassing stat I think I've ever heard. The Washington Redskins and their last 18 Monday night games at home, not on the road, all last 18 at home, have lost 17 of them. Stop putting him on Monday night football. That's all. We're going One day we're going to have a conversation about Booger, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> That man, it's it's hard. It's literally hard for me to listen, watch the game. He's he's football's Bill Walton. He's so extra. So I had I had this conversation last year, and I said, if I told you you could have all you know every NBA game like on the schedule, you could have the NBA ticket for free, but it was Jason Witten, Jason Witten, Booger McFarland, and uh, Bill Walton doing the commentating. Would you take it? And everybody (laughs) replied on my my Facebook like. I would have to mute it. I said, I said, no, you have to listen to it a lot. Everybody was like, no, nah, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't. Uh, ov- no, that would be brutal. Overall. That would be absolutely Yeah, brutal. yeah. O- overall, <laughs> I heard him on the first game of the season says, I mean, you could pretty much tell what Taysom Hill is going to do based on where he lines up. If he lines up a tight end, he's either going to run a route or he's going to block. What else do you do at tight end? Like, <laughs> I mean, he's not going to sit any style. That's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> I guess he's trying to be, uh, I guess, uh, clear for the people that most likely don't know football. So I don't know. He's he's definitely knowing though. Uh, but as always, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to us another week. Uh, make sure you share, tell tell your friends about us, your fam. Uh, like us on all streaming uh, platforms, social media platforms. Uh, our handle is uh, Me Bros underscore Podcast. Uh, yep, and we out.